To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And new laws to help tackle gangs and intimidating behaviour were announced by the government today. Uh, The laws include a new crime of firing a gun with intent to intimidate. There was a crime about that, but you had to be inside a house uh, to to actually point the gun to intimidate to actually get charged with it. Now, if you drive past doing a drive past shooting, you can be done for intent to intimidate. There's also a new targeted warrant to find and seize weapons from gang members during the conflicts. Uh, Police Minister Chris Hipkins says he wants to hit gangs where it hurts. And Chris is with us now. Hello, Chris. Good afternoon. So we've got those two, the new intent to intimidate and the targeted warrant. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, so we're all, in addition to making sure that we're, you know, tackling the the guns uh, and the the intimidation related to that, we're also looking at um, extending the powers uh, of police to impound vehicles where they're being used in things like gang convoys. So uh, by expanding the range of offences that police can impound vehicles for, they will be able to tank, you know, tackle uh, things like the gang convoys more. Uh, that's a tool that they've asked us for, and it um, seems seems very reasonable to me. And um, we're also looking at their cash as well. Mm. So where police uncover large amounts of cash in their searches, um, they'll be able to seize that cash if those if that cash is suspicious. The, the uh, thing so, that when when this was all announced, I thought, how on earth did successive governments miss that firing a gun at a house was not intimidatory, and that if you found some cash in a in a, in a gang house, why you couldn't seize it. It all seemed like glaring oversights. Yeah, I mean, look, I think <laughs> when, when you're dealing with this, you do uncover loopholes and gaps in the law when an incident arises uh, that, that highlights those. And so, yeah, these gaps have been in the law for a long time, uh, and we're looking to close them up. Well, there is the feeling that in your desire to quell this soft-on-crime, tough-on-crime debate amongst politicians, uh, that you and your team maybe scrabbled around and found some easy fixes, which you're now exaggerating. Oh, no, I don't think that's fair. This is part of an ongoing programme of work to provide the police with more tools to tackle the serious end of criminal offending, which you know particularly involves gangs. Um, I, I don't think it's not the last that you'll hear from us. You know, we'll continue to look for other things that we can do where we can provide the police with more support and more tools. So I've heard you say earlier that you're going to hit gangs where it hurts. And so I, I don't quite understand what that means, whether it's just tough words. or So where exactly do you hit gangs where it hurts? Well, their cars and their motorbikes and their cash are obviously very important to gangs. And so we're giving police more tools to be able to deal with that. Uh, and, you know, seizing the seizure, the police tell us that the seizing of their motorbikes in particular um, is actually a significant deterrent to gangs. They are very attached to their motorcycles and the idea that the police would have a greater power to take the bikes off them um, is likely to uh, to act as a deterrent. OK, on the targeted warrant, there is concern that it's still too difficult to enact in fast moving situations. And in fact, it's it's not really worth it unless you have a warrantless search power. And in fact, then it doesn't really give you any power you don't already have. Well, no, it does. It means that the police will be able to conduct searches uh, without the need for there to be a, a reasonable suspicion of criminal activity either taking place or about to take place. So at the moment, that's the test for them. But they will be able to go to, to uh, for example, a high court judge. They'll be able to get a warrant. That warrant would apply for up to 14 days uh, where there's a, a gang-related tension. So as we've seen in Auckland, for example, the tension between gangs 
they'd be able to go and get a warrant, and they would then be able to use that warrant to disrupt that activity. Uh, and so this is a power that they don't have at the moment, which I know from feedback we've had from them, they will find very useful. Yes, what have police said to you about these new laws and measures? Oh, I, the, the police that we've spoken to, and certainly the police headquarters have obviously been very involved, but as I've been around the country in the last couple of days, Speaking to people on the front line, I've talked about the changes that we've been proposing and I think that they, they will welcome them. Why do politicians keep on trying to tell the police how to do their job when they obviously know how to do their job a lot better than politicians? Oh, Look, I'm, I haven't been telling them how to do their job. I've spent the last couple of weeks travelling around the country, visiting police stations, listening to police, uh, asking them what extra tools that they need. Uh, and this is partly a response to that. You know, when we're doing things, I think we do need to listen to the police when they say, hey, look, here's a gap in the law that you could help us to close. Uh, that's the sort of thing that I'm out there listening to them on. Are you and the police soft on crime? No, I don't agree with that. I don't think that rhetoric's particularly useful. Uh, we've actually got to focus on the causes of criminal offending. We've also got to focus on things that are going to work. I think this whole soft on crime, tough on crime thing, if that was a solution, we wouldn't still have crime. Um, governments talking tough on crime doesn't solve the problem. Are we in a crime wave? We've certainly seen an escalation in gang-related activity. In other areas, what we're seeing is that there isn't an increase in the overall level of victimisation, but we are seeing higher levels of reporting of that. So if you look at the, the, um, you know, the, the victim survey that we do in New Zealand, the victimisation survey, it will tell you that a lot of, criminal, a lot of that is static but we're seeing a higher, a higher proportion of it being reported to police. That's potentially a good thing. And so in the case of domestic and family violence, the fact that more people are now confident to come forward and report that to police, that's a good thing. OK, how long until these changes announced today start to improve the safety of New Zealanders uh, currently getting randomly shot at in their own suburbs? Oh, well, we've got a, uh, the, the bill's being drafted as we speak. Um, we then uh, will have to put that through a parliamentary legislative process. I'm optimistic that we can work with the other parties to make that a, a relatively quick process. But look, let's not discount the fact that the police are working really hard at the moment, even without these law changes in place, to disrupt this cycle of criminal activity that we've seen in recent weeks. Police Minister Chris Hipkins, I thank you for your time.